Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is a special edition of the AP Laboratory. We're going to be on the regular schedule this week. We're going to have a mailbag Tuesday. We're going to have a game preview for you on Friday. But we all kind of just felt with the long weekend away from Chiefs football, with everything that has happened since we last spoke to you and since we didn't do a game preview this week, obviously, because the game was on Thursday. Uh, we thought we we thought we'd talk a little bit about some of the big events uh, that happened uh, in the uh, Thursday night football game and kind of where to go from there. Here to help me talk about this, let's talk. Uh, let's let's go to Maddie Maddie Lane. Find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina first, as we do always. Hello, my friend. How you doing, Kit? Um, you don't need to lie to the people. You just missed seeing mine and Craig Stout's smiling faces. So you just That's made true. us do this podcast tonight, which is a, it's just fine. It's okay. We're just missing, you know, the typical Sunday night NFC East battle that is the Cowboys and the Eagles, which I'm sure we will get also later in the year because NFC East things. But uh, how you doing tonight, Craig? I I don't know about you guys, but I'm doing fantastic. The defense is fixed. It's, it's fixed. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Everything's great. Uh, I am going to spend this entire week talking about how awesome the defense is because I don't know when we're going to get another one of these. So (laughs) they're wonderful. They're great. I love it. Now let's talk about depressing things, Kit. Wait, wait, wait. No, you heard it here first. Craig says the defense is fixed when Chris Jones is gone. Hey, hey, don't you put that on me. No, I I heard it. Heard it loud and clear. Craig, I just think it's funny that you know the the week that we're supposed to be celebrating Steve Spagnolo and his wonderful defense and then everything comes crashing down in the middle of that wonderful performance that I really enjoyed watching but could not really enjoy uh, in the moment, had to Don't watch lie it to later. Us, Kent. You did not enjoy. Anything you did not about at all. Listen, we can pull up the DM if we want to pull that yeah. up. You did not enjoy it. I enjoyed it, but I I was worried I about Pat. But I I compartmentalized that and put it to the side and enjoyed the rest of the performance. I I was a little hazy. I was a little bit hazy for the entirety of of the the final three quarters of that football game. I, I blacked out a little bit. Hey, so at Joe one Flacco. Point. Huh? <laughs> so did Joe Flacco and Garrett Bowles, actually. What did you say, buddy? Joe, Joe Flacco was definitely hazy. That's that's for certain. Oh, And yeah. Garrett Bowles was definitely blacked out. Oh, on the field. my. 100%. Yeah. Garrett, Garrett Bowles is just very bad at football. And it's really funny, guys, because he was an older prospect. Did you know uh, that? Don't don't huh. make me bring out Jordan Aiken's success this year so far, Kent. Okay, he's been great. J- Jordan Aiken's good for him. Uh, what about Darius Shepard last year? And anyways, we don't have to go there. There's olds olds don't uh, do well in the draft. Okay, well, Thornhill was uh, not a spring chicken in terms of the draft. 
that's okay. Okay. The, he was. He, there was an exception. Okay. I even gotcha. admitted that there was an exception there. <laughs> checks out. Yeah, <laughs> checks out. Okay, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes' injury. He gets uh, in a fourth and one. Uh, they quarterback sneak. His knee gets fallen on. Not his left ankle. His right knee gets fallen on. Dislocated kneecap. I'm sure you guys already know. Um, I was terrified. I thought the season was over. I thought he was done. I thought we were going to be in tank mode, and the KC draft guy was going to sell like hotcakes because we were going to have an early pick. Still is. <laughs> but... He survives. I, he survives. Uh, he walks off the field. He refuses a cart. Uh, I, I think best case scenario, we can get there for, We can get there in a little bit to talk about best case scenario and all this good stuff, but Maddie, I know you really had a problem with the play calling. Is that right? Yeah. It's, it was definitely not my favorite play call, and I think some people didn't quite understand where I was coming from. It has nothing to do with the knee injury. Take away what happened on the play, how the play went down, that has nothing to do with my issue of the play call. My issue was the play going into Patrick Mahomes or Patrick Mahomes himself saying, hey, this is what I'm going to do, and deciding to QB sneak where you're going to have multiple 300-pound linemen fall on your legs, guaranteed, and there's nothing that he can do as a quarterback or the team can do about it to stop it from happening. That seems like an interesting risk-reward decision to make, because he can't help that. He can't prevent guys from landing on his ankle, from the stuff that happens at the bottom of the pile happening. There's nothing he can do to stop it. People want to talk about how it's more likely that he gets hurt on a passing play or getting hit. And I don't disagree on the odds, but it's in his control to stop that from happening. He has the ability to throw the ball away, throw it to a receiver. His teammates can block and make that not happen, looking at you, Cam Irving. However, on a QB sneak, there is nothing that he can do to prevent a 300-pound defensive tackle from jumping knee first onto his ankle. He can't stop that from happening. It's going to happen, and it's not illegal for the defense to do it. I don't understand when his ankle injury cost you the last two games, cost you wins, why you put him in that situation at that time in the game for that minimal of a reward. That was the only place I'm coming from. The knee injury has absolutely nothing to do with it. Craig, nah, I, anything? Yeah, I, I was fine with it. I Honestly, I was fine with it. I, Patrick Mahomes is a gamer. He wants the ball in his hands. I get it. I get exactly where Matt's coming from. I Personally, I would have rather had the sausage run the ball. I get that the QB sneaks are incredibly, you know, efficient and everything like that but yeah i mean we we handed the ball off to anthony sherman a couple of times on thursday night and he picked them both or he picked them both up there so i would have gone with that route for that exact reason i don't, I don't want to put him in any sort of harm give him a little space that being said that's a freak injury like that that's yep. just a freak injury and it sucks because yeah he uh, him laying on top of austin Ryder. Poor Austin Ryder had to lay still because his quarterback is screaming and writhing in pain on top of him, and he knows he can't move. So he's just got to lay there on his stomach with Patrick Mahomes laying on top of him. I, it, uh, it was such such a, a rush of emotions right then and there. I thought he was done, and then him getting up and walking off the field, and then here I thought, well, maybe that's a tear of some kind, you know. And then it just kept getting better and better 
and better and better. Like it, literally every time we hear something about it, right. it gets better. It, it, so I want all of the news about, about Patrick Mahomes right now because it's not gotten worse yet. We're gonna we're gonna find out like tomorrow that it actually wasn't Patrick Mahomes' kneecap that was dislocated. It was just his knee pad. Mahomes, there was some confusion. It was he wasn't exactly sure what was going on. He kind of was nervous and couldn't tell if it was his kneecap or his knee pad. And like that's really where we're trending at this point. But no, I really didn't have a, I didn't have a ton of problems with the play calling. I quarterbacks with ankle injuries in the past have done that play, have executed that play, and it just. It's a freak thing. I don't really have a ton of problems with it. I understand where Maddie's coming from, but I, I just I have a hard time faulting anyone for it. Now, let's move forward because real quick, do you have a problem if Derek Wolf decides to drop an elbow on his ankle and it injures and the Chiefs lose the game? Sure. Is the sure. play call then not good or is the play call still okay? Uh it's I think it's, Derek Derek Wolf is an a hole. That's that's when that's and my take. I think Derek Wolf I think Roger Goodell finds a loophole to shoot Derek Wolf into the sun. It's just that's where I'm comfortable like I the but, knee injury has nothing to do with it being a bad bad play call to me. It was just the fact that I don't know why you put him in that spot. I, and but so Tom, if it's, Tom Brady gets put there on the regular, he's forty two years Patri- old. Have the Patriots lost back to back games because his ankle's been stepped on? In no. both of those games, well, that's that's what I'm saying. Has Tom Brady has Tom Brady played through an ankle injury? Though? I'm pretty sure he's bionic, so I'm gonna go with no. The only time he got injured <laughs> at was this when point. Bernard Pollard crawled into his knee. At the, well, I mean, no, he's he's had other injuries before. Let's come on, let's let's just be honest here. No. I think he had an Achilles sore, a, a sore Achilles this year. We'll see if Tom. We'll see what happens with Tom Brady this year. We'll see if he can sustain. Um, <laughs> just, okay, well, just let's, to let's, throw let's, this out here. We mentioned Tom Brady this week. Everybody else is going to mention Tom Brady and talk about other things. We talked about him on the football field. Have yeah, that. We didn't talk about anything else involving <laughs> Tom Brady uh, and his cameos in the offseason. Um, I, I, I was going to say this, too. I think the scariest moment for me was during the commercial break when you were checking Twitter and a bunch of people were like, the card is out. Yeah, That... That thirty seconds to a minute, minute and a half, where you thought the cart Mahomes was going to be rolling off in a cart, and I'll just be real with you, like I have visions in my head. I'm not like just just like these, like the if I'm thinking about the scariest things that could happen, one of them is Patrick Mahomes on a cart, driving off with his head buried in his hands, and I thought we were about to experience that, and I was just like, I think I, everything was just out of place there. Um, Mahomes, everything keeps getting better and better for him. It sounds like we might see him in three weeks or four weeks, potentially. I know there's a lot of reports out there. What'd you say? Or two weeks. Or, or Sunday night. Um, where do you guys kind of fall on the approach? You've got four games before the bye week. So you've got uh, Green Bay, Minnesota at home, then at Tennessee, then the the Chargers at Estadio Azteca. I think that's where it's at this year. I think they yes. finally got the field right. So those are your four games. I think the last place I want Mahomes to come back is Estadio Azteca, uh, even if Shakira is not there. Like I just that scares me. Where do you guys fall on the approach to take with Mahomes moving forward? No, I I think that I set Mahomes until the bye week. Uh, Unless 
this thing is just super not serious, and he can be back for, let's say, the Titans game. If he's only out for two weeks, maybe you give him a week on the Tennessee field and then have him go to Estadio Azteca. If his knee was doing well on the Tennessee field, he can play again there. If not, Matt Moore again, and then you give him another week. I would personally rest him for four weeks. I know we all want to see him, but guys, the AFC West is garbage. I, I The Chiefs currently have a lead over the Raiders of a game and a half. The Raiders play the Texans, the Lions, the Chargers, and the Bengals. They're going to beat the Bengals because the Bengals are awful, but the rest of those teams, they could feasibly lose those games. Chargers have the Bears, Packers, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos have Colts, Browns, Vikings, Bills. The AFC West isn't going to be making up games on the Chiefs if they go one and three or two and two in that time span. Patrick Mahomes is still going to come back and the Chiefs are still going to be first in the division. That's the long and the short of it. So get him as healthy as you can because you're making the playoffs. You're going to be able to get Mahomes back a healthy Mahomes. The, for maybe the first time Ooh. this year, a healthy Mahomes. You're going to put him on the field. He's going to come out like gangbusters after the bye. Go on a blitz there. It's about being right in January. If you're still going to go ahead and win the division, which it looks like they are, and you're probably not going to get home field by dropping a couple games here, you might as well get him as healthy as possible. Unfortunately for the Chiefs, they went and lost games to the Colts and the Texans, who appeared to be kind of like the front runners to contend with them for the two seed going into the playoffs. I think if you go ahead and lose to the Packers, which I think most people outside of Kansas City right now are expecting, that puts you in an interesting spot where you're already behind in the tiebreaker and you're kind of chasing the Colts. How many games do you feel comfortable with losing if that's how it goes down before you have to kind of force Mahomes back to you so you can get that bye week in the playoffs? Then the bye week in the playoffs isn't everything, but when you're a team that's kind of dinged up like the Chiefs have been this year, that's going to be extremely useful when you have defensive players playing 80 snaps a game sometimes. So I kind of think they're going to be chasing that bye week. So if Mahomes is cleared, if he feels comfortable with playing in Minnesota, in Tennessee, I'm not against him trying it. I think it's a Super Bowl window, and I really don't think you want to miss that bye week. Now, don't push him back before he's ready or before the athletic trainers think he should be out there, obviously. I think there's going to be a risk of re-injury no matter when he comes back. And I don't know if it necessarily reduces if he waits a little bit longer. It pro- I mean, I don't know if it just feels better or the re- risk of re-injury actually gets better until he gets it fully fixed, probably in the offseason. But I'm not willing to drop behind the Colts by two games and still have to make up the tiebreaker just so we have to play in the wild card weekend to find the Chiefs. Yeah, and I I, I understand. Like I, I one of my takeaways after everything, kind of after the dust cleared, is just how frustrating this two-game stretch against the Colts and the Texans is because they do seem like the two teams that could wind up being you know, strong contenders for that bye week. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. It, it, it's so frustrating that they lost these two games. Then Mahomes gets hurt and everything is, is where it's at. Uh, Matt Moore, you're up, buddy. Uh, he, he came in, had hadn't i guess thrown a a, a ball in practice <laughs> uh in a in a team setting 
Uh, hasn't thrown a ball to Travis Kelsey at all. He gets thrown into the fire. Goes uh, 10 and 19. Throws a touchdown on a 57-yard touchdown pass to Matt Moore. Uh, obviously, a lot of rust uh, that you know he kind of had to get off, and 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 he did not look particularly good. Missed a lot of easy throws uh, early in the game. Specifically, you take away that one big play down the field. Whew, uh, does Yikes. not look pretty. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think there's, there's, I don't want to say there's reasons for optimism. I think there's reasons to think he'll be better. Uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyree kill and potentially Sammy Watkins will be at his disposal. They'll build the game plan around him, but I don't know, Craig, how optimistic I am necessarily with, uh, with Matt Moore. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm optimistic. I, I do think that they probably drop the Packers game. I think that they drop the Vikings game as well. I think that they can beat the Titans with Matt Moore, and the Chargers are a bad football team. They find ways to lose. Yes, it's a divisional game. Yes, it's in an uncomfortable situation. I could see them dropping that, but feasibly with the talent on this team and Andy Reid, if he can scheme Matt Moore a good game plan, they could go 2-2 two and two in that time period. And if they go 2-2, two and two, yeah, like Maddie said, they could end up being a couple games behind the Colts. The Colts have a pretty easy little stretch here with uh, with Denver, Pittsburgh, Miami, and Jacksonville before they have to play Houston again. So they could rattle off some victories here, but I, I do think that they could go 500 in the next four with Matt Moore, and that's not even really an optimistic thing. I think it just is the way that the Chiefs' schedule plays out. Matt Moore wasn't in football when the Chiefs decided to pull him up. He was off doing kind of scouting, high schooly things, and that's fine. You know, do your thing, Matt Moore. You don't need to take extra hits if you are done. Andy Reid convinced you to come back. The job offer was lucrative. It sounded good. You didn't expect to play. Now you have to. you got to keep the ship going straight ahead, and you're not exactly given the easiest two games to start as you have to play the Packers and the Vikings who are kind of starting to put it together a little bit. So I know Andy Reid's good, a very good quarterback coach. He really gets to shine. He gets to, he gets to control the offense now rather than Pat Mahomes controlling the offense, and that might make the offense look a little bit more functional than it should under a quarterback like Matt Moore. But the Chiefs are going to need his best games he's ever done to win these games, and he's going to be in a situation to do so as long as the offensive line holds up. So we'll just kind of have to wait and see what he has I think he very much looked rusty in this game against the Broncos. I know mm -hmm. we're giving him a little bit of credit for standing in there on some of those pressured plays and making good throws. And while you do give him credit, at the same time, I'm not sure he knew he was under pressure on some of those. I think he was just going through the motion of throwing the ball and then was getting hit as he did it that he didn't see coming. We call that the Daniel Jones special around here. So it happens <laughs> and it worked out, but I think it's going to have to be better going forward to have a chance. If not, you risk the Chiefs dropping two more games now. and that That's a big hole to have to climb back out of. Yeah, and I, I think that it's very possible that they drop both these games. If you take away the 57-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill, Matt Moore was 10 of 18 for 60 yards. That's 3.3 yards per attempt. Mm. Uh, I think it's for Matt Moore, it's going to be all about hitting and making the easy throws. If he just does that at a high clip, Andy Reid can do the rest. 
this is this is going to be a couple weeks where Andy Reid needs to make his money. If they can steal one of these games, I'm just telling you, one of these next two games, it's massive. It's absolutely massive oh, yeah. if they can steal one of these football games. Uh, and you got to play them. They're both at home, which is great. Uh, and if the defense is going to play like it did last week against the Denver Broncos, there's a chance. Speaking of the defense, we will talk about them right after this. You've been waiting for years upon years upon years for what we're about to talk to you right now. And I'm sorry that Patrick Mahomes' injury injury and everything around it kind of took away from what was a very enjoyable performance from the Kansas City Chiefs defense. I can't believe I'm saying that. But they looked outstanding against Granite. It was a terrible de- uh, terrible offense. But they look good, Craig. Listen, the Denver Broncos are bad. I'm not trying to say they're a good offense. But the Chiefs defense made them look awful. Made them look worse than the Dolphins. I, I, as bad as the Denver Broncos offense was, the Chiefs offense made them that much or worse. That They were great Frank Clark and Alex Okafor, we've talked about how those guys need to produce more Frank Clark at a higher impact clip. And then Alex Okafor getting one-on-ones needed to go out and do some damage over there. Both of those guys look great. Anthony Hitchens coming back. You guys, that was the Anthony Hitchens that we saw a little bit in training camp. Playing faster, getting downhill faster, getting out to the flat faster. He looked like a guy that could get out to the flat. That's the, uh, We've complained about the speed of the linebackers all year long. Anthony Hitchens beat Phillip Lindsay to the spot a handful of times and forced him to cut back inside of the defense. Derek Noddy had a day this week after some very poor performances this year. And Colin Saunders also looked good. It was good all around, particularly in the front seven. I was actually pretty thrilled with the first drive, even though it resulted in a score. Those scores because became you know came because of penalty, but I liked the rushing defense. I liked the aggressiveness. I liked the intensity that they were playing with. They came out angry. They came out ready to play. That's the kind of defense that I want to watch. If they blow coverages, they blow you know assignments and stuff like that, I'm going to be frustrated. But if you play with that kind of aggression, intensity, fire, you're going to make some things happen. You're going to be able to create some problems for an offense. That's all we need. That's all I really wanted to see, and it was really, really good to see it this week. I think the defense kind of came out and played with their backs against the wall. They came out like a team that had to have this game, and it showed they they simply wanted it more than the Broncos did Thursday night, and that's fine. You need to have games like that. You can't expect that every single week, so you have to kind of take some components of this and figure out how you translate that into what you can do week by week. The defensive tackles this week were amazing. They were night and day from what they've been all year. You watch them against the Texans, they're jumping themselves out of their proper gaps, not just holding their right gaps or getting blown out of it. They're jumping out of it on their own. So this week, they have these guys, Derek Noddy, Colin Saunders. They're taking on double teams. They're owning blocks at the line of scrimmage. They're allowing Anthony Hitchens, Reggie Ragland, Damian Wilson to move a little bit freer, give them a clear path to their gap that they're supposed to be crashing into. 
Frank Clark, Alex Okafor were taking full advantage on the outsides when they were getting their one-on-one opportunities. Steve Spagnuolo dialed up some blitzes and made Joe Flacco feel very uncomfortable. But for me, one of the biggest things, and I think it set the tone early, the Chiefs didn't have to play two high safeties against the Broncos. They felt comfortable enough making Joe Flacco, Cortland Sutton, and Emmanuel Sanders beat them vertically and Tyron Matthew to roll down into the box a lot more often than we saw last week against Houston. I think it made a huge difference. I think you got to see more of that if you're the Chiefs defense. You just have to trust your corners in that situation versus the opponent's passing attack. And not every week we'll get a play Joe Flacco on the Denver Broncos. It's it's yeah, the, the reason why I want a cornerback still. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but you still need to add a corner because if you add a corner, Tyron Matthew can do that a lot more often. You can play single high more often. That's the type of stuff. That's the shift that it makes. So anyway, go ahead, Kent. I was going to say, I had a, I, I, I made a joke at the end of the game. Uh, Broncos 6, Reggie Ragland 7. Yes, I know Reggie Ragland didn't kick the field goal, you know but you guys are certain? no fun. If you said... Yeah, well, he might have. He might have kicked the extra point. He did everything else Some this people, week. Yeah, I know. Some people are no fun, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I really I really liked what I saw from Raglan, honestly. I thought he did some pretty good things. Uh, I, I think that's something I, you've got to continue to give him some opportunities and let him play, I think, um, in the base defense because, I mean, he, he proved himself to be valuable. One thing I am worried about, especially the next couple weeks, I think – uh, the linebackers off of play action are going to get obliterated mm-hmm. uh, the next two weeks. Uh, that's that's gonna, it's it's not. Oh, gonna I still be have pretty, major concerns with that space around the linebackers. But going back to Craig's point, oh. if you get a roll Tyron Matthew down, that adds your athletic player in the middle of the field in the intermediate zones. Right. You just can't do it every play. And going up against the Packers and maybe even Thielen and Diggs the week after, I am going to be much more hesitant to play like that than you were against the Broncos. Absolutely. The uh, yeah, and uh, you're right. I mean, Matthew playing at that in that middle level, like yeah, he could he could definitely provide some help there. But I still think there's going to be gaps uh, in places that even Kirk Cousins can look decent. I got some Kirk jo- Cousin jokes. I don't care if he's hey, playing man. well right now, Maddie. <laughs> he just we'll we'll save those. We'll save those. I got those a, Vikings on his back. I got like a that? I got a pretty good Aaron Rodgers joke. <laughs> I'm saving for at some point in here. I don't know when I'm going to relax. Use it <laughs> Relax. Uh, anything else you guys want to say about the defense? I, I'm i going to uh, eat my words a little bit, eat some crow about Rashad Fenton. My, my man came out and balled this week. Uh, I have said numerous times that he's not a very good corner. He needs to play on the boundary and not in the nickel. Guys, he, he looked good. He really did look good. I He broke well on a lot of those out routes. He made plays. And he was a nice, secure tackler. That's something that he always did well. But I, I, the game wasn't too big for him. And he had to match up against Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton a couple of times and looked the part. Granted, Joe Flacco, not, not exactly putting the ball in bad positions for him to not be able to make a play. But he was there. He located the ball. He made the play. Good for him, man. I, I I still think that they need to add a guy. They're not fixed. These corners are not fixed. But it's good to see little performances like that that make you believe that maybe they've got somebody on the roster in a backup role over the next couple of years. Any other takes I have, I'm saving for our mailbag that we're recording tomorrow night. So get all your questions in to Kent Swanson on Twitter. That's at Kent Swanson. 
all your questions, all your hair jokes, any puns you have that are better than his, send them all to Kent on Twitter right now. Yeah, you close it up perfectly. Uh, it's Kent underscore Swanson. Uh, <laughs> you can't even get that right. I don't know how long I've known you for, but whatever. Uh, that's going to do it for today's little uh, Insta reaction or not, not so instant reaction, I guess you could say. We'll be back with the mailbag tomorrow. Regular schedule on the podcast network. We'll catch you later.